Well, we're going to have to go with our original open because that's all I have in this board at the moment. Oh, the one that we started with? Yeah. We're just, we're, I, mean, I like we're episode that episode 60, so let's just roll with it, shall yeah, we? Yeah, I like it. I think it's awesome. What are you getting? Well, I'm getting a bounce, mm-hmm. um, but there's a lightness within it as well. Interesting. Yeah. Hold you know, just, honey, it's a yeah. very tricky color, and I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Terry and I worship an unconventional deity, the power of another dimension. Now, you're not going to read about this dimension in a book or in a magazine or uh, in a newspaper uh, because it doesn't exist anywhere except in my own mind. Hello. Welcome back. We're back. After a, uh, uh, what do you call it? A hi- hiatus? Hiatus, that's the word. A hiatus. Of a really long time. Isn't that a hernia? Hiatus is that's a hernia. <laughs> no. No, if it's... I don't think so. <laughs> oh, hiatal. Yes. There so we go. Th- this is the David Allen Show, and this is episode number six zero. And we've been 60. on several hiatus. So is that well, a hiatai? Haiti, no. Oh, we, okay. We love, we love Haiti. Okay. We support Haiti with everything we have. And we, so we don't really support them. <laughs> am I right? Yes. Or am I, am I? We, we love the Haitians. <clears throat> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I, I, f- I found since it's this November, uh, what's today? 14, 18. Last, a week and a half ago, mm-hmm. was the anniversary of the election for the new prez. So we have had the current prez... Uh, the Donald. Well, we haven't had him as president for a year. Almost, but, but true, yeah. But this is the the, fir- the first anniversary months, like of ten his months. Being, hey, shush. Okay, he's been working. He's been working hard, extra good hard. Okay, he's getting many many thing tremendous things done, like many tremendously good, great, the best ever things done. <laughs> Just ask him yourself. He'll tell you. <laughs> Actually, that's the preferred way. Right? He'll tell you everything. Uh-huh. Uh, but I went back in our archives just a bit for some of the clips that we've had, mm-hmm. and I found this little gem from the previous president. And that... Um, on, on your second question, and I'll sort of address this to any additional Trump questions... Um, I would ask all of you to just make your own judgment. I've, I've, I've made this point already multiple times. Uh, just, just listen to what Mr. Trump has to say and make your own judgment with respect to uh, how confident you feel about his ability to manage things like our nuclear triad. Respect, sir. It suggests that you're not confident. Well, as I recall, I just answered a question about this a couple of days ago, and I thought I made myself pretty clear. And I don't want to just keep on repeating it uh, or a variation on it. Um, I, 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 I obviously have a very strong opinion uh, about um, the two candidates who are running here. Uh, one is very positive, and one is not so much. And uh, I, I think that you will just hear uh, uh, any... Any further questions that are directed to this subject, I think you'll, you'll hear pretty much variations on the same thing. Um, what I can say is that this, this is serious business. And, business. Uh, uh, the, 
person who is in the Oval Office and who our Secretary of Defense and our Joint Chiefs of Staff, outstanding men and women in uniform, Whatever, uh, report to. You don't believe uh, that. You know, they are counting on somebody who has the temperament and good judgment uh, to be able to make decisions to keep America safe. Today is the 17th of 18th November, 2017. Uh, November 15, three days ago. Okay. Headline, Democrats claim Trump shouldn't have nuclear authority. Oh, yeah. That's right. They, they want to remove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Democratic senators attacked the president, Donald Trump, at a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing about nuclear authority Tuesday, calling him, quote, unstable and volatile while calling for more checks on his ability to order a nuclear strike. It just sounds like they're mad they don't get to make the call. Well, they're, they're so stupid. <laughs> they're so short-sighted. What was it, the uh, the nuclear option that the Senate did to get uh, the current uh, Supreme Court justice in? You know, when they did, went through the confirmation they process? They dropped a nuke? Well, yeah, they did, yeah. <laughs> Well, the reason why they did it is because of what Harry Reid did when oh, he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you want to start these precedences? They're going to turn around and bite you oh, in the that's butt. that's it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The hearing wasn't specifically about Trump, but Senator Chris Murphy uh, from Connecticut quickly established that his concerns were about the president. Quote, let me just pull back the cover from this hearing, he said. We are concerned that the president of the United States is so unstable, so volatile, has a decision-making process that is so <laughs> uh, quixotic. Is that a word? Quixotic? Oh, chaotic. Or uh, he Q-U-I-X-O-I-O-T-I-C. was Don. Q U I X O O T I C. Don Quixote. Quixote. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That he might order a nuclear weapon strike that is wildly out of step with U.S. national security. Interest. So, what what nuclear uh, uh, strike is within? Because didn't he just say that he would he would uh, um, uh, initiate a nuclear strike without? Read read that line again. Well, we are concerned that the president of the United States is so unstable, so volatile that his decision making process that is so chaotic, 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 <laughs> not chaotic, chaotic. That he might order a nuclear weapons strike that is wildly out of step with the U.S. national security interests. So what is not wildly? What is within? What is yeah. not out of step? So basically he was saying there What's are some. Step? Yeah, there are some that are like, hmm, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's a good point. The way he worded it. <laughs> Senator Ed Markey from Massachusetts said he didn't believe one person should have the ability to launch a nuclear attack. Now, if I recall. Idiots. It's more than one person anyway. Am I right? Well, I think the uh, Secretary of Defense can... Don't the Joint Chiefs have to uh, be on board as well? At some level? Well, well, yeah, because the Joint Chiefs could call and say, cancel that, belay that order. No, you're not going to do it. You know what I mean? If they they wanted to, and the, the average rank and file is going to listen to them. Well, according to the panic and hysteria on the left... Uh, Trump is but like I didn't toying know they around did. with the launch button. He's just like fondling <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> it says don't push. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Right. But I got to push, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> Senator Ed Markey 
said he didn't believe one person should have the ability to launch a nuclear attack unless, unless, here, here it is right here, unless a nuclear attack was first launched upon the U.S. and voiced concern that the provocative rhetoric Trump has used toward North Korean leader Kim Jong-un on Twitter. I Rocket man! in the age of Trump, the cooler heads and strategic doctrine that we once relied upon as our last best hope against the unthinkable seem less reassuring than ever, Markey said. Many Americans share my fear that the president's bombastic words could turn into a nuclear reality. In January, now that's interesting, Markey introduced legislation. So this would have been the month that Trump came into office. Okay. Markey introduced legislation intended to strip the president of his ability to authorize the nuclear strike without a declaration of war by Congress. Senator Gene Shaheen from New Hampshire questioned both Trump's judgment and the ability of the advisors around him to guide his decisions. We are dealing with a president, she said, who has not seemed to be willing to accept advice on many issues affecting power. Okay. So they really are apparently trying to um, cause such a... uh, uh, like set such a dangerous precedent. I'm, I'm surprised that they. Um, well, I, th- I, I saw, I saw a commercial, from some group. It's uh, impeach now. It was like it was like a commercial. It was almost like a campaign um, commercial, and it was talking about how you know, dangerous, Trump is, and that he needs to be impeached. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I was stunned at it. Um, that that tells you the level of lack of any understanding of what impeachment meant, um, and how how incredibly short sighted and stupid these people are. It's good, re- you know. It's good that they weren't our founding fathers. <clears throat> because they're well, so we stupid. They yeah, were. we could. I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have made twenty years, because they're so freaking stupid. Um, why would you impeach Trump because of some of the things that he said? If if that is a big concern of yours, then go through go through the proper channels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, popular vote is not the way to uh, impeach somebody. You can impeach him every four years. A popular vote is you impeach him every four years. If you're going to impeach him, you get him out. Right. <clears throat> but these morons. But uh, we have a full generation of, of idiots. It is interesting that these three that are quoted in this story hail from the uh, upper northeast. Well, of course. Massachusetts, yeah. New Hampshire, and uh, Connecticut. So for them, for them to even have the the gall to claim that most Americans agree, bullcrap! They're in a tiny little bubble up there. Yeah, in yeah. New England, New England. Yep. The thing that's trying to emulate the thing that we left. Yeah. How many hundreds of years ago? Uh huh. This is outrageous. I'm with you there, brother. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Trump, kill him. He's bad. Trump uh, shouldn't have the nuke button. Take it away. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, though, if, if you ever shop on Amazon anymore, uh, if you buy anything 
well, nowadays anything once, but if you buy it more than once, you get a little, uh, it's like a fast, oh, what, the, what do they call it? Let me go find it real quick because this is what it reminds me of. It's what they assume that Trump has. Oh, um, so so you can order with no hassle? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, brother, there was I saw it today. It jumped in front of my face. It's like a quick buy snap button, but it, what it looks like is you can actually get this device, hang it about your home, so you put it where your paper towels live, and when they're empty, you push the button, and it automatically orders you some. So that's what it is. So it's got this little thing on it. No questions asked. It used the same stuff, same information you used when you bought the last one. Uh-huh. So that that's what it seems like they have. Like Trump has a quick and easy button for the new code uh-huh. is what it looks like. Uh-huh. Hey, what's this? Yeah, when they have dinner parties, they go, Colonel, come here. Pull it out. Now watch this. Just look at it. Watch this. Watch this. Am I going to push it or am I not? Am I going to push it or not? This is awesome. You know? Yes. Yeah, I was was reading a Facebook post from a friend of mine, or I haven't really talked to him in a long time, but really liberal, and uh, he's a teacher- and he was just freaking out about the guns and um, all the the mass shootings and everything. <clears throat> and an, another th- another thing is is the feminization of men that's been mm-hmm. happening in our culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, men. There's something wrong if a man is a man or if a boy is a boy. You know. <clears throat> well, you can't say that anymore because that happens I to just be did, sexist. Though. I just and, did. Um, yep. Uh, what's it? Whatever. Misogynistic. Okay. I'm just. I'm, I'm. All I'm saying is. I'm just. What? I'm just telling what, you. What are truth. you saying? What I'm are you just saying? Laying out the facts. Okay. Speaking of facts. F A X. Yeah. Or F A Q S. Or F A C T S. They don't care. To protect the public health, safety, and morals. The government has an important interest in preventing <laughs> women from going topless. A federal appeals court has ruled. Good. And the importance of keeping lady breasts out of the out of public view overrules any First Amendment or equal protection issues that such a policy raises. But at least one dissenting judge felt differently. This according to um, the federal court, so some federal court of appeals. Um Describing our topless protagonists as having, quote, engaged in the paradigm of First Amendment speech, a public protest on public land in which the participants sought to change a law that, on its face, treats women differently than men. <gasps> Gasp. Going topless might not be inherently might not be inherently expressive, quote, but to declare as a matter of law that it can never be expressive is the quintess- the quintessence of throwing out the free expression baby with the non-expressive conduct bathwater, Judge Lana Rovner wrote. And while Rovner notes that as as a citizen, she doesn't relish the prospect of seeing bare-chested women in public, whatever, she she thinks the plaintiff here does present potentially viable First Amendment and sex discrimination claims. The case, Tagami v. The City of Chicago, stems from the 2014 ticketing of Sonoko Tagami, who took to the Chicago streets with only opaque body paint over her bare breast to celebrate Go Topless Day that year. 
Tagami was issued a $100 citation for violating the city's ban on public indecency, which prohibits the public display of female breasts and of all bare butts and genitals. After... <laughs> Never mind. Um... After losing her challenge to the citation, Tagami filed a lawsuit with the U.S. District Court of the Northern District of Illinois. Tagami's suit argued that banning women from going topless in public while allowing men to do so is a violation of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause as well as her First Amendment rights. Neither the district nor appeals court agreed, dismissing her claims. Now, here's my question. To make the claim that a female chest is identical to a male chest would require men to be able to nourish children with said chest. No? Yeah, I guess you could make make the point, but and because it cannot happen, they are by definition different. Correct? Um I think you you'd have to make make the case that uh um make the case differently. I mean, I, if you're if you're trying to make the case that they're the same, one's just I don't know, different, larger than the other. Yeah. Then yeah, I suppose that would be the case. But if you're trying to make the case that women walking around topless would not cause any disruption in um the general conduct of society, <clears throat> then you would obviously be be wrong. Hmm. But if it's just sameness, um, because the vast majority of men, the minute they see a topless woman, their endorphins are released in their brain, and you know how you feel when you see that sort of thing. So I guess you're inducing people to get under the influence when, you know... In some sense, it would almost be like uh, you're giving men a drug um, by allowing women to walk around like that <clears throat> because of the physiological effect it has on a man. Huh. So you are uh, distinctly separating men from women. Yeah. How, how I am. I am. I am. Yep. But speaking of giving men a drug, I found a new, um, a new advertisement for a medicine. This is a television commercial. You ready? Sometimes life can be a little overwhelming. Sometimes the weight of the world can be too much to bear. Sometimes you need to stop worrying and take a deep breath. Sometimes you need cannabis. <laughs> Introducing Brightside. High-quality cannabis delivered right to your door. Brightside offers an extensive menu of strains and products to meet your needs. Choose the experience you want, and we'll send you the dankest herb. The real sticky icky. Some top-shelf marijuana. If you like what we send you, keep the whole jar. We'll even include some nugs for you to blaze. As part of Discovery, you'll get to try new strains and products. Side effects may include euphoria, increased appetite, uncontrollable giggles, elevated sensitivity to musical dopeness, and reduced anxiety. Tetrahydrocannabinol may also induce feelings of existential well-being and relentless optimism. With a Brightside subscription, you can get it once a month, once a week, or whenever you want. All at a price you'll like. And yes, this is a real company. 
ask your doctor if cannabis is right for you. It probably is. Keep it bright side. Is that legitimate? <laughs> bright side delivery. It is B-R-T-S-I-D-E dot com. As part of our commitment to responsible cannabis use, you must be at least 21 years old or 18 with a medical card to proceed. Yes, I'm of age. Let's go. Let's go see what this is about. Uh, shop now. Is this, did you get the? Did you find this in Oregon? <laughs> I was just there. Um, they should have Teacher Chong as. <laughs> um, wow, amazing topicals. What is it? a patch? It's a thir- um, transdermal patch. A can- cannabidiol CBD, the patch. Uh, but here we go. Uh, fall flower is here. Uh, let's shop the flowers, shall we? This, if you're curious, bright is abbreviated to brtside.com, uh, where you can, um, oh, do we service in your area? They want to know. I'm not going to send in my... <laughs> It wants my address. Um, <laughs> continue. Nope. Let's see. I know <laughs> this is bad. Um, what? What are you doing? Nothing. Send them your address. <laughs> um. I. I really have to be careful. Continue. I, you I had, must. Hello. Today, it's not working. What? I put I put in a legitimate address in a state that it's legal. <clears throat> anyway, apparently that doesn't work. They're not for... Well, it's for real. Um, orange cookies. It's a hybrid. Brownies? Uh, sure. Uh, let's see. Discuff the sugar leaf. What is the sugar leaf? How the marijuana industry is influencing big beer. There's a headline for you. Three fake wear 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 marijuana news items. Don't take the bait. Whether you call them scare tactics or outright lies, don't fall for these fake marijuana news items. When the cult classic propaganda film Reefer Madness was released in 1936, it was intended to alert parents to the supposed dangers of marijuana use. If teens used the drug, the film warned they would be in danger of hitting someone with their car, being raped, killing someone, committing suicide, or at the very least... Descending into insanity. But while audiences have laughed off the film's hilarious absurdism in the decades since its release, bogus scare tactics remain at the forefront of the anti-marijuana movement. Yes, there is such a thing as fake marijuana news, and here are three popular whoppers. Okay, now, who who's writing this? This is from Brightside.com. Okay, what's Brightside.com? I, where we were. This is the, the, oh, the weed company. okay, the okay, weed. Okay, cannabis. Okay, I was high. I didn't hear that. <laughs> this is the sugar leaf. This must be their uh, their blog. So why would we listen to what they have to say? Because they're pushing an agenda. How is this any different, if we're really honest with ourselves, from what, um, from Chantix? What's Chantix? It's a stop smoking drug. Oh. Mm. What about Abilify? How is it different than this? The side effects in reality of those things are way worse. They all include death, schizophrenia, possible murderous mentality, suicide. 
but not lung cancer. <laughs> you get lung cancer from eating a, a weed brownie? Well, don't, don't you Come smoke on. this stuff? I mean, you don't have to. But uh, won't most people smoke it? Not if you buy the brownie. No. I, I guess. I guess my whole point is I don't know. <laughs> If it's near the danger that it we've been oh, brought up that it is. Sure. And I yeah. and I, I assume this is a real I, company. I agree. I think the ad is hilarious because it totally mocks. I mean, if it's not real, it's great because it mocks actual big pharma ads. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I agree. Other than Atlas, who actually holds the weight of the world? God. Do you think God smoked pot? Um, he said, no. "If the, if the weight of the world is too much, oh, <laughs> Atlas is the only one I know that ever picked up the world." There's a, some people thought there was a turtle holding it up, right? Did they? Confucius. Confucian. Okay, what are your thoughts on this huge Hollywood sex scandal that's going on, and that's leaking into the pol- political world? I'm. I'm intrigued by it <clears throat> because it's not like, to me, it's a lot like professional wrestling. What, which part? The sex scandal? The sex scandal. A- in this sense. With professional re- wrestling, everybody knew it was prearranged and fake. I mean, you know, the bumps and everything else wasn't no, fake. No, they didn't. No, the not everybody. Normal people may have. <laughs> okay. Okay. But the vast majority of people okay. would say, okay... Yeah, this can't be real. Because I've seen fights before, mm-hmm. and when you hit somebody that hard, or they go down here, you hit them 100 times, and then they, yeah, yeah but, you know it's not but real. But the crowd just pumped them right back up, and they got that. Yeah. They got it back, and their energy uh-huh. just, it, uh-huh. it's, it's like Red Bull. Okay. So, anyways, <laughs> everybody knew what professional wrestling was, but there was that little bit where that, you know, for the... um you might be skeptic, but then there's part of you that wants to believe that it's real. You know what I mean? No. That. The, okay, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like a soap opera, and, you, you know, part of you, you, you get in on it, and you're thinking that's wonderful. Like reality you TV shows. What the rock is cooking. Yep, there you go. Now, you can't tell me. I wouldn't believe that the, that the vast majority of people don't believe the casting couch is rampant throughout Hollywood, that all of these Hollywood stars sleep around, that um, that the people with power are going to use it to manipulate people and get what they want. Um, you, I, can, I don't believe that the vast majority of people don't believe that happens. So when it comes out... Um, why are we shocked? Yeah, why are we shocked about it? That's like when they reveal that professional wrestling was predetermined, had predetermined outcomes, or when you go to the illusionist, he didn't really cut that woman in half. Yeah, he did, and then he put her back together. Yeah, yeah. So I don't... Now, I think the shock comes from hearing some of these stories, and you're like, wow, I thought that this person, like Kevin Spacey, I thought, you know, I thought he, I'd heard that he was gay and whatnot, but I didn't know he was that much of a predator. Holy cow, you know. And, you know, Hollywood producers and what, I mean, have you seen The Godfather? No. 
You haven't seen The Godfather? Mm-mm. I've oh. seen pieces of it, but not the whole thing. Okay. Have you heard the thing about the horse? And the, oh, yeah. Okay. What that was about is that The Godfather's nephew wanted to get into this movie, and the movie director told told them, no, he was not going to allow him to be in this movie because this guy, the godfather's nephew, uh, sexually abused this woman, this young starlet that the director wanted to sexually use. And because the godfather's son did it, uh, or nephew did it, he was going to ban him from this movie. And so they cut off the head of this you know, half a million dollar horse and put it in his bed as a warning. Anyways, so right then and there, I mean, this is in the early 70s. They're portraying this as true. Um, <laughs> duh. I, you know, I mean, you know what happens. Mm-hmm. You know what happens. Why Why are we shocked when Brit- Britney Spears or, or Miley Cyrus comes out as an absolute <laughs> lunatic? <drug> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know that they've been abused. You know that basically the vast majority of people in the entertainment industry are are high-paid prostitutes. They're whores because they're willing to do whatever they have to do to make money. Well, that's what a prostitute does or a lawyer or I don't know. But <laughs> uh <laughs> but nice. So, for me, I I think it's it's shocking when you hear some of the stories sometimes, but or at the very least, you see these characters on TV and film, and your heart is sympathetic to them, or you like them, or whatnot, and then you find out that they're a total sleazebag. You're disappointed, but I, I, I find it bizarre that people are just shocked, shocked. I tell you, shocked. You know. Well, there's a, some new outrage that um, Johnny Depp, who is the you know the nice, he, oh yeah, jolly, happy-go-lucky. Pirate, pirate, drunk pirate who yep. womanizes. But anyway, it's cute because it's Disney. Um, starred in a uh, rather explicit Marilyn Manson film yeah. recently. Well, we're we're shocked. Why are we shocked? Yeah, it's exactly. called cash, and these people will do whatever it takes. Yep. But uh, I think what a lot of the outrage seems to be coming from is when you hear these celebrities who stand on this little holier than thou pedestal. Yes. Politically, and they think, oh, we're helping the poor, we're all doing all this other crap. But then it comes out they're really just dirtbags. Yeah, that that I think is the the piece that's so frustrating because it's totally hypocritical. Yeah, their hypocrisy which, I mean, their is unreal. Is unveiled, right? Yeah, but but then when it starts leaking over into the uh, into the the political world, it's kind of fun. They're on the top of Drudge right now. This is. Seven oh nine, the PM Central Daylight Daylight no Central Standard Time now. Yep. Uh, November eighteen, two thousand seventeen. The top hit is ninety one on Harvey Hit List, and there's a picture of Hillary fondling Weinstein's chest, like liking him. So Harvey Weinstein had a secret hit list of names to quash the sex scandal. This from the Guardian. The Observer has gained access. The Observer. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> has gained access to a secret hit list of almost 100 prominent individuals targeted by Harvey Weinstein in an extraordinary attempt to discover what they knew about sexual misconduct claims against him and whether they were intending to go public. Now, that's something intriguing. Uh, the uh, the gentlemen of the No Agenda show have talked 
extensively about that piece of it where i mean he's the the scapegoat at this point mm-hmm. he's the guy that's been outed mm-hmm. this isn't it's not exclusive to him mm-hmm. so this the fact that he now can start throwing names around of people who knew better who knew about it who people who were part of it other people in similar positions that did the same thing as him they're all screwed and so old Dvorak has the opinion that Weinstein might end up dead soon to keep him quiet because he, I mean, he's got nothing to lose at this point. And so he will talk, he'll, he'll sing, unless, of course, we have some more high-profile politicians on this list. The previously undisclosed list contains a total of 91 actors, publicists, producers, financiers, and others working in the film industry, all of whom Weinstein allegedly identified as part of a strategy to prevent accusers from going public with sexual misconduct claims against him. So what was the premise of this list? These are the people that were going to put pressure on to keep their mouth shut? Uh, well, I don't know. Let's see. The names apparently drawn up by Weinstein himself were distributed to a team hired by the film producer to suppress claims that he had sexually harassed or assaulted numerous women. So these are people he's trying to go after to, to, to keep quiet, maybe? The document was compiled in early 2017, around nine months before the storm that blew up on 5 October, when the New York Times published a series of sexual harassment allegations against him. Individuals named on the list were to be targeted by investigators who would covertly extract and accumulate information oh, from blackmail those them. who might... Hey, there's your horse head. Mm-hmm. To move forward, or to come forward with allegations against the film producer. Feedback was then to be relayed to Weinstein and his lawyers. The size of the list, 85 names appear on one document, with an addendum identifying another six individuals, appears to corroborate claims that sexual misconduct allegations against a 65-year-old were an open secret, an oxymoron, throughout Hollywood. Prominent stars were among the first tranche tranche of individuals on the list to testify publicly against Weinstein. Among those names were the actress Rose McGowan, who days after speaking out accused the producer of raping her. Another was Laura Madden, who told how Weinstein pestered her for massages at hotels in Dublin and London, beginning in 91. McGowan and, and Madden were among the first to speak out against him last month. A typed note of the document appears to suggest that by February 2016, Madden had already been targeted by one of the Weinstein's investigators. Her view of the producer is, is, says the note, very bitter. Another name is Zelda Perkins, a London-based production assistant for Weinstein's Miramax Film Company, who left the firm's London offices on Brewer Street in Soho in 98 after, she says, enduring years of sexual harassment by her boss. Also on the list is English actress Sophia Dix, who has described how her career trajectory was massively cut down after an alleged sexual assault by Weinstein in a London hotel, and who was among the first to come forward. Weinstein, the list confirms, was aware that the New York Times was gathering testimony from his victims long before it first ran the story. A public relations professional is named alongside a note stating that Harvey Weinstein, in, um, in contact with him, friends with Jody Cantor. Cantor is the New York Times journalist who broke the story. Uh, 
that immediately engulfed the producer and the film production company he co-founded with his brother. It is unclear, goes down farther, whether Weinstein intended subsequently to approach any of the individuals on the list with a non-disclosure agreement. So who knows, maybe he did and no one knows about it. That's the whole point of an NDA, right? Uh, Evidence has emerged which shows that over the past three decades, Weinstein reached at least eight settlements with women, according to two company officials speaking on condition of anonymity. After he was confronted with allegations, including sexual harassment and unwanted physical contact, not surprisingly, considering the psychological abuse and bullying allegations emerging from his former film studio Miramax, more of the film studio employees are also named. Uh, So far, more than 50 women have come forward with allegations of rape, harassment, inappropriate behavior, prompting police investigations in the U.S. and U.K. Now, here's my question. A question. While nobody that I know is for men trying to take advantage of women, if some guy is asking you to do things. Is that really sexual harassment? Well, ask Louis C.K. about that. Well, the, the, here we go. Exactly. Is that really har- Is that worthy of your career being ruined? Now, if you physically okay. try, if you physically do something to someone yeah. against their will, hands down in my thought that's not no questions asked, that's it. You're done. That well, th- that would that would fall into the category of uh, an abuse situation. Mm-hmm. If someone says, hey, baby, is that actual? I don't know. Well, I guess it's it's definition, obviously. Um, but, you know, the whole Bill Clinton thing shh. came back around. No, shh. And with the Bill Clinton thing, there was a clear imbalance of power. Shh. If, if he... If a if a female teacher can get in trouble for having sex with a seventeen year old student because supposedly there's an imbalance of power, then Bill Clinton should be a pariah currently. And I just came out uh, there was this documentary on Ric Flair. Do you know who Ric Flair is? Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the wrestler. Yeah, the wrestler. Uh, the Nature Boy. Anyways. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He said that he had slept with over 10,000 women in his career. So you're telling me that 10,000 women, he didn't harass somebody, he didn't take advantage of, of women in certain situations where the balance of power or the perceived balance of power was higher and the woman decided to continue on with it because it, for not because they wanted to, but because of pressure or whatever. How about every time a rock star sleeps with a groupie? How about... Hello, Eagles. Yep, the Eagles. Well, all of them. How about Sean Penn when he went down to Mexico to meet with El Chapo? He had sex with a woman who helped funnel that situation. Uh, You know, how many times do these movie stars sleep around here, there, and everywhere? You can't tell me there's not a balance, imbalance of power with a with a movie star and somebody else. Um, so if you're going to start, if you're going down this road and you don't want to be hypocritical, you should just wipe them all 
get rid of everybody and start start afresh, start anew. But that's never going to happen. But at what point does it become career ending? Is my thing. Is my question. And I mean, I, I don't have the answer. I'm just curious. I don't. Um, probably. Um. You mean like for movie stars? Well, sure. Well, anybody. I mean, if, if the, the stats now in Congress are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. The amount that Congress, because there, there's a secret policy that if you have a uh, a claim, a, a uh, an, uh, an allegation mm-hmm. of harassment yep. in the U.S. Congress, mm-hmm. uh, you have, uh, you have, what is it, a 30-day cooling off period before anything else can go down. You have to go through mediation. And if there's ever a, a payout... That is paid for by the federal government, <laughs> our tax dollars. Hmm. And there's been, what, 250, 60-some million, million dollars paid out in the last how many years? Not, not many. Yeah. That's outrageous, mm-hmm. which means that there's a lot of stuff going on. How many interns go up to Washington every, every summer, every year? Mm-hmm. These college kids go up there because they want to get their, their hands wet in the, in the, or get their feet wet, I should say. In the in the the pond of government, and they get abused. And well, of so course, when they, they come abused. out when they come out and complain about it, or they they bring, you know, they try to come out to get someone in trouble to protect themselves. Uh, no, shh. You wait thirty days and cool off to make sure you're telling the truth. How is this different than stinking Sharia law, where you, you if you're caught in rape, you got to have multi multiple guys approve what you say? I mean, how different is that? We just can't, don't talk about it here. Well, in Sharia law, it's not not uh, swept under the rug like it, pretending like it doesn't happen. I mean, the whole premise about the Sharia law and the way women dress and everything is that men can't control themselves. I mean, that's the whole premise, right? Um, but that's not the premise in our society. So they sweep it all under the rug and they act like hypocrites. <clears throat> like I was I was watching I was just watching um oh like a 2 minute clip of uh a Jimmy Kimmel interviewing um Ben Affleck and this is after you know somebody had his pound of flesh mm-hmm. because of the harassment right. things that had happened because he knew about it and didn't say anything about yeah. it right no no he was actually like um flirting and feeling no. up People like on camera, you know, back in the early 2000s. Okay, but hold for just a second though. Mm-hmm. Let's. How many of these movies require these actors to do this on set? Most of them require them to do it. Well, to to like they are to the point of you know they're fully naked, they're acting like or they're having it love on. scenes and stuff. They're doing yeah, all all that stuff, and even like the the fondling stuff. This happens in movies, and so when you're in character, these people lie for a living. Mm-hmm. Their job is to embody another character. So mm-hmm. you're telling me that they can really separate that out that well? Where if they're on in front of the camera, the director said action. Well, now they're supposed to do this, and it's good. And then now it's no action anymore. And then who's gonna what? What are they gonna say? There's a claim. There's some crazy like, um, porn star guy, who is now being accused, which cracks me up, <laughs> of having unwanted sex with other porn stars. <laughs> what? So the question is, 
where's the line when their job requires them to do it and you you build this into their job this is their i mean it's their career i, I knew an old guy who was an actor years years ago and he in, ended up stopping doing even doing reads for for movies to get parts because they were so filthy mm-hmm. you know in a full read you have to say everything they write mm-hmm. and if you don't well you don't get the part mm-hmm. and i talked to him once and these love scenes that you see and you see a little sliver of it for 30 seconds, maybe, or five seconds. They film for a day. Mm-hmm. You're telling me that doesn't harm these minds of these people? And, well, we, and we're surprised then after that when they go out, not in front of the camera, and do this but, stuff. But that's, but that's assuming that the acting kind of uh, affected them such that now they don't have any morals. I would... I would propose can, can that the whole point of them going into this is because they they're narcissistic and they have some desire to con- for control and money okay, yeah. and pleasure and that's why they go in that direction that they're inherently selfish and self-centered which is why none of their marriages last they bounce from one person to another but what what is crazy to me, like I was saying, Ben Affleck was was getting interviewed by Jimmy Kimmel, and he was all happy and seemed like this gee whiz boy next door, and he's talking about his son and all this other kind of stuff. And you know that everything that's coming out, that he's being a blanket hypocrite, mm-hmm. just a blanket hypocrite. And the talk show host, who seems like such a nice guy and is friendly and is funny and everything, is is promoting this sort of stuff. I mean, it's hypocrisy from one side to to another. So if you don't think that that's going on, it's because you're you're blinding yourself. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. And I would I would su- submit that um any politician who's made it as his career has been compromised mm-hmm. in one way or another. He's 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 a narcissistic idiot. He doesn't mean, he doesn't uh, truly believe what he says he believes. He's in it for the power. I I don't think that there's any exception. I don't care who I don't care who you say. I mean, look at Roy Moore. Look what happened there. I mean, uh, <clears throat> look at the uh, one of. I mean, there's so many there's so many examples. I don't know. I don't know why anybody is shocked. I don't know why people don't every single election try to vote the bum out no matter who it is because they've all been compromised i mean it's to me it's it's ridiculous but i'm jaded but i'm right clearly (laughs) well the democrats are coming around at least one of them is coming around where the mountain (laughs) i think so uh, the spectacularly convenient shift among Democrats continues now with Kristen, K- sorry, Kirsten Gillibrand leading the charge. Senator Gillibrand, Democrat of New York, who holds Hillary Clinton's former seat, said on Thursday that Bill Clinton should have resigned the presidency after his inappropriate relationship with an intern came to light nearly 20 years ago. Asked directly if she believed Mr. Clinton should have stepped down at the time, Ms. Gillibrand took a long pause and said, Yes, I think that is the appropriate response. But she also appeared to signal that what is currently considered a fireable offense may have been more often overlooked during the Clinton era. Wow. Okay, so here's the question then. Is it fair to apply the standards of right this second to the past? 
and then litigate the past based on the standards of today. Is that fair? Um, and while you're thinking of that, I guess I'm not completely, are you talking law? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it would be fair if it was legal to drink when you're 19 and now it's 21. Mm-hmm. It changed this year to 21 mm-hmm. and you start charging people. Retroactively. Yeah. Right. Last year mm-hmm. for being 19. So if it's legal, it should be legal. Okay. What about if something is taboo or not? Uh, an example is uh, homosexual marriage. Mm-hmm. That used to be, um, you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't even be homosexual in public. Mm-hmm. Well. And slavery used to be. Right. And now legal. that, I mean, that was taboo then. Nowadays, it's like celebrated. Mm-hmm. Can we go back in time and condemn people for holding a view back then? We do it all the time. Okay. But, but I guess my point is, is that fair? Should we do that? Well, today that's not right. So what you did back then was wrong because you should have been forward thinking enough to know that today it would be wrong. So you should have been known better. Is is that really what we should do? Um, well, I guess it depends. Again, slavery. Yeah, I think it's probably legit to go. But you also need to take into consideration the zeitgeist and the culture and everything that was going on at that time. Put yourself in their position. Growing up, you wouldn't be any different. So cut them some slack. Mm-hmm. Just don't continue on but which is rhetorical which is the answer you were probably looking for so. well kind of yeah and you know the whole rory 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 moore situation yeah. in alabama mm-hmm. um you know for what, whatever just, um, there's no condoning here of whatever he may have done that's that's immoral mm-hmm. or illegal mm-hmm. but he's an old guy a long time ago the ages of consent were way lower than they are today so let's just say is it fair if we have an age of consent that's 18 today and back 50 years ago, let's say it was 14, mm-hmm. can we apply the, well, age of consent's 18 to actions that may have been back when it was different? Legally, no. Well, but even morally, like in, well, in yeah, the public I've, sphere, can I we would, do that? Absolutely. We do it all the time. Okay. This is the David Allen Show. The David Allen Show.com. Rumors spread around. United Texas Town. About to check outside the game. You know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you're gonna go. To that home out on the range. They got a lot of nice girls.
This is the David Allen Show, davidallenshow.com. That Lagrange <laughs> from the bearded duo. The ZZ top. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> yeah, you, you, uh, you have the opening statement from Prof. Oh, yeah, I got this, this article in the New Boston Post. It is... Uh, what? New Boston what? Post. Oh, okay. Adam McLeod, he is a law professor at, let me see, uh, Jones School of Law at Faulkner University in Montgomery, Alabama. <clears throat> so he wrote this article. He said, I teach in the law school. For several years now, my students have been mostly millennials. Contrary to stereotype, I found that the vast majority of them want to learn, but true to stereotype, I increasingly find that most of them cannot think, don't know very much, and are enslaved to their appetites and feelings. Their minds are held hostage in a prison, prison fashioned by elite culture and their undergraduate professors. They cannot learn until their minds are freed from that prison. This year in my Foundations of Law course for first-year law students, I found my students especially impervious to the ancient wisdom of foundational texts such as Plato's Crito and the Code of Hammurabi. Many of them were quick to dismiss unfamiliar ideas as classist, and racist, and thus unable to engage with these ideas on the merits. So a couple weeks into the semester, I decided to lay down some ground rules. I gave them these rules just before beginning our annual unit on legal reasoning. Here's the speech I gave them. <clears throat> so you ready? Carry on. <coughs> he said, before I can teach you how to reason, I must first teach you how to rid yourself of unreason. For many of you have not yet been educated. You have been diseducated. To put it bluntly, you've been indoctrinated. Before you learn how to think, you must first learn how to stop unthinking. Reasoning requires you to understand truth claims, even truth claims that you think are false or bad or just icky. Most of you have been taught to label things with various isms, which prevent you from understanding claims you find uncomfortable or, or difficult. Reasoning requires correct judgment. Judgment involves making distinctions, discriminating. Most of you have been taught how to avoid critical, evaluative judgments by appealing to simplistic terms such as diversity and equality. Reasoning requires you to understand the difference between true and false, and reasoning requires coherence and logic. Most of you have been taught to embrace incoherence and illogic. You have been learned to associate truth with your subjective feelings, which are neither true nor false, but are only yours, and which are constantly changeful. We will have to pull out all of the weeds in your mind as we come across them. Unfortunately, your mind is full of weeds, and this will be a very painful experience. But it is strictly necessary if anything useful, good, and fruitful is to be planted in your head. There is no formula for this. Each of you has different weeds, and so we will need to take this on the case-by-case -case basis. But there are, first, there are a few weeds that infect nearly all of your brains, so I'm going to pull them out now. First, except when describing an ideology, you are not to use a word that ends in ism. <coughs> Excuse me. Communism, socialism, Nazism, and capitalism are established concepts in history and the social sciences, and these terms can often be used fruitfully to gain knowledge and promote understanding. Classicism, sexism, materialism, cisgenderism, and yes, even racism 
are generally not used as meaningful or productive terms, at least as you have been taught to use them. Most of the time they do not promote understanding. In fact, isms prevent you from learning. You have been taught to slap an ism on things that you do not understand or that make you feel uncomfortable, that make you feel uncomfortable because you do not understand them. But slapping a label on the box without first opening the box and examining its contents is a form of cheating. Worse, it prevents you from discovering the treasures hidden inside the box. For example, when we discussed the Code of Hammurabi, some of you wanted to slap labels on what you read, which enabled you to convince yourself that you had nothing to learn from ancient Babylonians. But when we peeled off the labels and looked carefully inside the box, we discovered several surprising truths. In fact, we discovered that Hammurabi still has a lot to teach us today. One of the falsehoods that have been stuffed into your brain and pounded into place is that moral knowledge progresses inevitably, such that later generations are morally and intellectually superior to earlier generations, and that the older the source, the more morally suspect that source is. There is a term for that. It is called chronological snobbery, or to use a term that you might understand more easily, ageism. Second, you have been taught to resort to two moral values above all others, diversity and equality. These are important values if properly understood, but the way most of you have been taught to understand them makes you irrational, unreasoning. For you have been taught that we must have as much diversity as possible and that equality means that everyone must be made equal. But equal simply means the same. To say that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is to say that 2 plus 2 is numerically the same as 4. And diversity simply means difference. So when you say that we should have diversity and equality, you are saying we should have difference and sameness. This is incoherent by itself. Two things cannot be different <laughs> and the same at the same time in the same way. Furthermore, diversity and equality are not the most important values. In fact, neither diversity nor equality is valuable at all in its own right. Some diversity is bad. For example, if slavery is inherently wrong, as I suspect we all think it is, then a diversity of views about the morality of slavery is worse than complete agreement that slavery is wrong. Similar, similarly, equality is not to be desired for its own sake. Nobody is equal in all respects. We are all different, which is to say that we are not the same, which is to say that we are unequal in many ways. And that is generally a good thing, but it is not always a good thing. See the previous remarks about diversity. Related to this, you do not know what the word fair means. It does not just mean equality, nor does it mean something you do not like. For now, you will have to take my word for this, but we will examine fairness from time to time throughout the semester. Third, you should not bother to tell us how you feel about a topic. Tell us what you think about it. If you can't think yet, that's okay. Tell us what Aristotle thinks or Hammurabi thinks or HLA Hart thinks. Borrow opinions from those whose opinions are worth considering. As Aristotle teaches us in the reading for today, men and women who are enslaved to their passions, who never rise above their animal natures by practicing the virtues, do not have worthwhile opinions. Only the person who exercises practical reason and attains practical wisdom knows how first to live his life then to order his household, and finally, when he is sufficiently wise and mature, to venture opinions on how to bring order to the political community. 
One of my goals for you this semester is that each of you will encounter at least one idea that you will find disagreeable and that you will achieve genuine disagreement with that idea. I need to explain what I mean by that because many of you have never been taught how to disagree. Disagreement is not expressing one's disapproval of something or expressing that something makes you feel bad or icky. To really disagree with someone's idea or opinion, you must first understand that idea or opinion. That's deep. Mm-hmm. When Socrates tells you that a good life is better than a life in exile, you can neither agree nor disagree with that claim without first understanding what he means by good life and why he thinks running away from Athens would be unjust. Similarly, if someone expresses a view about abortion and you do not first take the time to understand what that view is, and why the person thinks the view is true, then you cannot disagree with a view, much less reason with a person. You might take offense, you might feel bad that someone holds that view, but you are not reasoning unless you are engaging the merits of the argument, just as Socrates engaged with Crito's argument that he should flee from Athens. So here are three ground rules for the rest of semester. The only ism I ever want to come out of your mouth is a syllogism. If I catch you using an ism or an analogist ist, racist, classist, <laughs> then you will not be permitted to continue speaking until you have first identified which ism you are guilty of at that very moment. <laughs> you are not allowed to fault others for being biased or privileged until you have first identified and examined your own biases and privileges. If I catch you this semester using the words fair, diversity, or equality, or a vari- variation on these terms, and you do not stop immediately to explain what you mean, you will lose your privilege to express any further opinions in class until you first demonstrate that you understand three things about the view that you are criticizing. If you ever feel, if you ever begin a statement with the words, I feel, before continuing, you must cluck like a chicken or make some other <laughs> suitable animal sound. <clears throat> and then he said, to their credit, the students received the speech well, and so far this semester, only two students have been required to cluck like chickens. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fantastic. I think that should be in every first-year class in every college. Well, but, sure, at minimum. Why can't that sort of critical thinking be started younger, in high school even? Because um, they have an agenda at the Department of Education. Oh, and, and that's places. different from universities. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I You know, the stuff that they teach in universities now, they used to teach in high school, and then before that, probably in elementary. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I read that, and I thought that was awesome. <clears throat> Um, there's an interesting website. Just one? <laughs> Gendermatters.org.au. That's Australia. Okay, now is this, <laughs> is this the kind that if you have a weak gag reflex, you're going to switch? <laughs> 21 reasons why gender matters. Okay, first of all, before you start, how are, how are they defining Gender. Or is that part of this whole thing? 
you'll you'll find out their definition as you read it. Do they believe that gender is fluid and changes? And uh, four foundational principles. Here they are. Okay. One, gender differences exist. They are fundamentally re, uh, they are a fundamental reality of our biology and impact our psychology. Our maleness and femaleness is a key aspect to our personhood. Number two, acknowledging rather than ignoring or worse denying gender differences is the only intellectually honest response to the reality. Three. What? 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 Read that. What? Acknowledging rather than ignoring or worse denying gender differences oh. is the only intellectually honest response. Oh, to this. okay. Okay. Yeah. To this reality. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Number three. Gender differences are complementary. Individuals, our collective humanity, and society as a whole all benefit from masculine and feminine. This came out of Australia and they know. didn't shut it down? I know. We are better for having men with a clear understanding of their masculinity and women with a clear understanding of their femininity. Number four, gender identity confusion does, it does exist in a small minority of individuals. It is a painful pathology and warrants a compassionate response. However, it is not the normative experience and is not therefore a paradigm upon which to drive social policy and oh institutions. Oh my gosh, Australia? Yeah. All right, 21 reasons. We'll just go through these quickly. Number one, gender uniqueness and complementary means that each gender has a unique contribution to work, society, and interpersonal communication that cannot be filled by the other gender in its entirety. Wow. And they go into some more details there. But number two, acknowledging gender differences helps children learn more effectively. Hmm. There is a, there's a crisis in boys' education is because we have classrooms that favor female gender learning patterns, and we have disregarded the differences in gender. Same-sex schooling seems to help children learn better. This is because boys and girls are different, and they have different learning styles and skills. And those skills, those gender differences need to be acknowledged for the ideal in educational outcomes. Number three, men and women are happier and healthier when they acknowledge and celebrate their respective gender differences. Number four, the masculine gender is an essential ingredient for fatherhood and children raised by a committed father do much better in life. Wow. Number five, the feminine gender, gender is an essential ingredient of motherhood and children do better in life with an involved and committed mother. Duh. That one had a lot of stuff. Six, marriage is the best way for men and women to enjoy gender complementarity. Is that a word? Yep. Complementarity. Number seven, gender complementarity is a lifelong committed marriage between a man and a woman. In a lifelong committed marriage between a man and a woman is essential for the continuation of humanity. Hello? Eight, gender complementarity... <laughs> is a lifelong commit in a lifelong committed marriage between man and woman is needed for the healthy stable society nine gender complementarity is a, in a lifelong committed marriage between a man and a woman is good for economy as a whole number 10 marriage involving a man and a woman is the foundation of a successful family and the best way to protect children a fair amount of details there. 11. Gender complementarity in a lifelong committed marriage between men and women is the best way to teach children the value of gender. 12. Gender is important to understanding the significance of manhood. Number 13. Gender is important in understanding the significance of womanhood. Now, the left would say this is horribly 
like misogynist because they listed the man first. Huh. 14. Gender differences are universally celebrated and acknowledged around the world in healthy societies. Conversely, societies and civilizations which reject gender uniqueness and complementarity often face harmful consequences. 15. Healthy gender development is important because it prevents individuals of either gender from developing compulsive obsessive disorders that can lead to sexual addiction and other pathologies. That's interesting. Oh, geez, there's like a two pages of content there. 16. Gender disorientation pathology, as in the form of sexual addictions, is often a symptom of family dysfunction, personality disorder, father absence, health malfunction, or sexual abuse. 17. Gender disorientation pathology will lead to increased levels of drug abuse and partner violence. Wow, this can't get out. 18. Gender disorientation pathology will increase the risk of communicable disease and the likelihood of suffering bad health. 19. Gender disorientation pathology will decrease life expectancy. 20. Gender disorientation pathology is preventable and treatable. Wow. No one's going to want to hear that. And 21, gender disorientation pathology encourages the sexual and psychological exploitation of children. Huh. Uh, did they disable the comments? <laughs> this is a, it's like a, a, a document that's released. Holy cow. I know. I'm surprised they haven't, like, wow, come in and shut shut him down and throwing him in prison. <laughs> <clears throat> no kidding. Uh, hold on, let's see here. I wonder. I was just thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody th- like? Wouldn't that be a a horrific torture? That if you, you know, if you get a tyrannical government that is supports this kind of garbage, coming in and taking people that were conservative and forcing them to take the quote-unquote gender reassignment surgery and giving them estrogen rather than testosterone and, Mm -hmm. you know, as a torture. Oh. You know what I mean? Uh, Oh, since we've talked also, we've had... um We've had no uh, chance to discuss this um, this Las Vegas incident that now apparently no one talks about. Yeah, isn't that weird how quickly that dropped yeah. off the face of the earth? I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, what happened? Where'd it go? So 10 reasons why the Vegas shooting has disappeared from the headlines. Did this come from Australia, too? This came from Anonymous. Oh. Within the 24-7 news cycle, constantly in full swing, important stories at times get lost in the constant onslaught of nonstop information. The mainstream media gatekeepers essentially dictate what social and cultural memes are injected into the public consciousness, what topics are discussed and which cases are given publicly, or sorry, publicity, and thoroughly investigated with journalistic rigor, which such oligarchical, um, oligarchical, oligarchical, oligarchical control of the mass media. The media gatekeepers of information decide what stories stay in the glare of the public spotlight and which ones are allowed to fade from the headlines. Without question, 
one would reasonably expect the most deadly mass shooting in recent American history, which took place in Las Vegas on October 1, 2017, to maintain a strong presence in the headlines, especially given the lack of answers surrounding the case. The scant information released by investigators indicates that Stephen Paddock, 64, who by all accounts was independently wealthy and a, high, and a Vegas high roller, opened fire on a music festival with it from a 32nd floor hotel room at the Mandalay Bay Casino. The massacre left 58 dead and 546 injured, yet one and a half months later, and there are still few answers, even to the most basic of questions. Now, a month and a half later, there are few answers to the most deadly mass shooting in recent history, and perhaps even more strange, the case has been jettisoned from the 24-7 mainstream media cycle, despite the fact that the most basic of questions have yet to be answered. One would assume that such a high-profile case would garner widespread interest from the investigative teams across the spectrum of major broadcast mass media and cable news. And yet, there are no penetrating journalistic investigations delving into the many unanswered questions. In fact, coverage and investigation into the highly dubious shooting are virtually non-existent outside of online alternative news media. Here are a few facts that we know thus far, and they seem to raise more questions than answers. Number one, the official timeline of the mass shooting has been changed at least three different times. Number two, Paddock wired 100 grand to an, uh, to an account located in the Philippines a week prior to the massacre. Number three, investigators claim Paddock's laptop <laughs> was missing its hard drive when they found it in his hotel room. Huh. That's not an easy thing to do. Well, plus, why would you bring your hard? Why would you bring a laptop with no capacity right. to right. use it? That's just outrageous. Number four, Paddock reportedly took cruises that made port stops in the Middle East. Number five, authorities now claim an officer discharged his weapon in Paddock's hotel room after denying it in the first month after the <laughs> attack. This raises the question of why police discharge a weapon if Paddock had already committed suicide prior to the law enforcement breaching the room, and why they lied about it after the fact. Number six, security guard Jesus Campos, who reportedly came across Paddock as he began his attack, was allegedly shot in the leg, but a spokesperson for UMC Quick Care, the walk-in healthcare clinic facility Campos supposedly went to after being shot, said they had heard nothing about him visiting. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? What happened? He, that's where he went after he got shot? What, he got shot, got up, went to went to an urgent care and didn't call anybody? <laughs> it's a quick care. <laughs> it's a walk-in health clinic facility that he supposedly went to after being shot. Whoa. Whoa. The, the wording there makes it sound like he hobbled down to it. Yeah. And this was six minutes before the starting of the shooting, at least, was the last thing I heard. Well, this, this story, uh, this, is, this is the linked story to that, uh, that point. Um, the Las Vegas, let's see. Shot during the Las Vegas massacre has mysteriously vanished. A union president claiming Jesus Campos has not been seen since he supposedly went to a health clinic last week, just before he was scheduled to be interviewed. However, healthcare officials in Las Vegas deny that they've ever treated him. Nobody knows what's going on here. It's very bizarre. Hello. Police say he was shot minutes before 58 festival goers were killed after trying to confront the shooter on the 32nd floor, and now nobody can find him. So we'll and when when was that? Uh, th that that story, October 16, two weeks. But then didn't he go on Oprah or Ellen or something? Ellen. 
Ellen. She poached him. <laughs> <laughs> a PR for the Mandalay Bay, or who owns them? I forgot. Um, George the, Soros. MGM. <laughs> yeah, they go. Number seven. During an interview on Fox News with Tucker Carlson, an attorney for the victims revealed that not only did police officers respond to Campos after he was shot, they were right outside of Paddock's door before he began shooting out of his hotel room window. Quote, as of yesterday, it was that two, we knew about Campos, but there were two other officers from MGM that were on the floor prior to the shooting, said Craig Elon. Whoa! 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 <laughs> so is this like a common thing? Oh, God! Another <laughs> guard got shot! Ugh! Ugh! Dang these they people! They sat there while he like mowed down the crowd. Well, no, they don't investigate. They don't call the police. No, you sh- get shot. Sh- is this like? It, this is a movie. It's a straight up movie. It has to be. Number eight, Eland also noted that MGM Grand claims to have a quote corporate watch center that trains its employees to report any suspicious activity. So, if a guest arrived at Mandalay Bay Hotel with 27 rifles and 5,000 rounds of ammunition stored in 10 bags, why didn't the employees who helped him or the cleaning service who visited his room regularly report suspicious activity? And if they did, why wasn't it addressed? Number nine. On Halloween, a suspect identified as uh, Seifuyo Habibulavishik Saipov. It's easy yep. for you to say. Rented a pickup truck, drove it onto a busy bicycle path and mowed down innocent people. Almost immediately after the horrific attack that left eight people dead and a dozen more injured, video of Saipov, an Uzbekistan native, was released. There has yet to be a single image of Stephen Paddock released from the thousands of cameras that exist in the Mandalay Bay. Or in Vegas, period. Oh, that's a really good point. Number 10. Campos disappeared days after the shooting, reportedly leaving the country Thus, being on being a no-show to numerous scheduled television news interviews, upon his return to the U.S., he did a softball scripted interview on the Ellen DeGeneres show where no penetrating journalism nor tough questions were asked. The interview was almost comical in the sense that DeGeneres did more narrating of the actual events than Campos, which allowed for him to not divulge anything. That was kind of funny because she did just kind of, and, and this is what you did next, right? And this is what you did next, right? And you're... So- so, is this kind of the scenario of the movie Shooter? Oh, maybe. You know, uh, how do you assassinate somebody? Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. shooting them right next to the president, mm-hmm. because everybody thinks that he's shooting the president. Totally, yeah. Hmm. I need to watch that again. Well, just for fun, why not? Thank you both for being here, and uh, first of all, how are you both doing? I'm doing better each day. Um, slowly but surely, just uh, healing physically and mentally. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine that, that you relive that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And how are you doing? No. Well, it's definitely no. hard. It's uh, not as bad each at all. Day passes, though, uh, we're working to, to get over this. Okay. So, Jesus, you're the security officer, and, uh, and, uh, and you were called to check on a door that was, I guess, when a door is left open for a certain amount of time, you're, you're supposed to go check on it, right? Yes, we got notifications, making sure that uh, uh, to secure them, or if they were already been secured, just uh, making that uh, 
that check on the doors. Okay, so you were going up the fire escape to get there? Uh, via the stairwell from, mm -hmm. I was coming from the 31st up to the 32nd. Right. Uh, when I approached the door, uh, it didn't open and it, it was blocked off, so I had to reroute. What door? What door didn't open and it was blocked off? Blocked the guy's off bedroom door? Oh, di yeah, didn't he, didn't he lock the doors to the floor or something like that, supposedly? I thought I remember hearing that. Well, th okay, maybe he's corroborating that yarn. Um, <laughs> Is that a normal thing, that the door at the fire escape, or the stairwell would be blocked off? No, they're always supposed to remain open. Right. Hello, fire escape. And so um, after I would drop down and then came back through the hallway, uh, and then I approached the room, got into the door. Right then, when he said that, the guy beside him, who is supposedly another security guard, but a lot of people think it's his handler, <laughs> reached over and pat, starts patting him on the back, like rubbing his back. Why? Is he starting to say something he shouldn't? Uh, there was a metal bracket holding the door in place. Right. So what we're talking about here, just so everybody is clear. Okay. So this okay, is or, where... Or, 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 or. As soon as that happens, old Ellen goes and picks up the the diagram, fully like designed out floor with a little pointer on it. Wow! This okay. Is dirty. Then I approached the room. Oh, it just touched door. him. Now Ellen is shifting, and now she's going to grab place. for it. Right. Wow. So what we're talking about here, just so everybody is clear. Okay. So this is where the, the hotel room was, where the shooter was. This is the stairway, where, and this door here was blocked, and you didn't know that till you came up in the, in, through the elevator and went through this door and saw that there was something blocking that door. And, and when you saw that, did you think, that's weird, why would somebody put brackets on a door? Yeah, that was, that was... Why don't you say, and what did you think when you saw this? And did you think? <laughs> and did you think that was so weird, right? Le leading that was the so witness. Weird. Yes. <laughs> Just uh, out of the ordinary. That it's was the normal. beginning. Whoa! Yeah. Okay. Whoa! 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 <laughs> out of the ordinary. <laughs> out of the ordinary. Yes. That's what he thought. <laughs> if you're walking down the hall and you see a pair of underwear on the floor, that's out of the ordinary. <laughs> Brackets blocking a fire exit <laughs> is not out of that's. Far exceeds out of the ordinary. But You're by, badgering but, the witness. <laughs> but, but by definition, it is out of the ordinary, no? Okay. And then you walk out of this, and this just slammed? Um, well, when I was in between that area, I was calling uh, security dispatch to get transferred to engineering. Uh, they didn't know anything about it, so uh, they dispatched an engineer true. to uh, go uh, verify what that was. Um, That's when you got called. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm and at the CIA that time, handler. I heard uh, what I assumed it was drilling sounds, and I I believe that they were in the area working somehow. So you thought the drilling it, they were gunshots, but you thought it was just drilling sounds at first. Whoa! <laughs> what kind of a drill? <laughs> whoa! 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 <laughs> Wait a second! He got shot. Go go grab that. Can you go grab that drill sitting over there on the table? <laughs> whoa! Wait a second! I thought he got shot. Like minutes before the no, shooting. No, he's not at the. He's off the floor. He's not on the floor yet. He's trying to get to the floor, but the door is blocked. I know, but she's making it sound that the drilling sound was actually gunfire. 
Yes, because he said he did found he heard drilling. Yeah, yeah. So if he got so, shot, what, let's hear that. What, does that sound like a gun? No. Okay, that's like a monster Gatlin gun. Yeah, like this thing's on like mounted on Blackhawks. Yeah. Push hard, hard, hard. There you go. That's outrageous. I thought it was drilling. <laughs> There's nothing about that. So this that. whole thing is like some huge MK Ultra. <laughs> Doing a little work here. Oh. <laughs> That's Kill, out of the ordinary. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> Oh man! J- just for a second, L- let's just kind of jump. The- let's see here. Um. Okay. Play, uh, so he says, "Um, <laughs> drilling." Do we know what? Um. <laughs> again. So he thought it was drilling, but it turned out to be gunfire. Let's go back and hear what old, old Ellen. Well, she put those words in his mouth. Well, he sure. didn't say it was gunfire. Well, no, but he said he thought it was drilling. Thought the drilling, they were gunshots, but you thought. See, oh, right there. Oh, yeah, that's right. She did. You're right. Uh, hello, they were gunshots. I'll verify what that was. Um, that's when you got called. Yes. Okay. And at that time, I heard uh, what I assumed it was drilling sounds. <laughs> that's, that's a drilling sound, and she wants to claim it's a gun sound. Allowing easy adaptation to any existing platform. This flexibility allows it to perform in equally the well in the fixed forward fire. That is... That's, a, that's an M134D Gatlin gun. <laughs> There's no way they had that. I'm sorry. That would be. You, you could mistake that. Or cruise served mode. The standard Dylan Gatling gun fires 3,000 shots per minute. That equals 50 shots per second. No other 7.62 millimeter weapon comes close to this rate of fire. Why is shooting fast? So, okay. Now, I... Fine. He, uh... He thought it was a drill, and she's now going to say it's an M134D. And I, I believe that <laughs> they were in the area working somehow. So you thought the drilling, it, they were gunshots, but you thought it was just drilling sounds. At first, uh, I think it was just drilling sounds. Right. So then at what point did you get shot? What happens here? Um, as that door's closing and it's so heavy, uh, it'll, it'll slam. I'm walking down this way. And so the, the bump stock what, itself uh, <laughs> caught uh, the shooter's attention. Um, as I was walking down, um, I heard rapid fire. Whoa. Hold on. He heard rapid fire. Here we go. Here's some rapid fire. So this and, isn't um, true. With it, with it off safe, um, just that little bit of motion, you can hear the click. It will shoot. Then it comes back forward. The rifle will Hello, then cycle stock, and, and cock in claim. order to, um, to repeat the shot. Personally, I don't like... Play that drill again. <laughs> That's not the same. <laughs> but they said... Was is is that the final statement that he got shot minutes before 
They started the mass well, shooting. Well, they've even changed it since he talked. He's only talked once and he's done. They're not allowing him to say anything else. No, no, no. I know that. But after this, was the timeline changed such that they said that he was shot before he started shooting out the window? No, I think they had to change it to go to where it was after that. And so he kind of stopped it. That the because shooting th- was, was beforehand a... and then he got shot? Apparently. And then it, we don't really know. They've changed it so so often. And He's getting his back rubbed again by first, his handler. I, I took cover. I felt a burning sensation. I went to go lift my pant leg up, and I saw the blood. That's when I called it in on my radio that shots have been fired, and I was going to say that I was hit, but, but he I didn't. Uh, got all over my cell phone just to clear that radio traffic for they can coordinate uh, the, <laughs> the rest of the call. Did you hear that? He didn't tell him on the radio. No, he didn't. He was going to tell him he I got shot. went to go lift my pant leg up, and I saw the blood. That's when I called it in on my radio that shots have been fired. And I was going to say that I was hit, but I uh, got all over my cell phone just to clear that radio traffic for... Oh, no, no. What uh, he said is that he called in on a cell phone yeah, rather at, than on the uh, radio. After, he was on the radio to say shots fired, and he was going to tell them. Yeah, but, but then he, he called went to it, his cell phone. It, but then he went to his cell Bull phone. crap. I'm sorry. You... You're on the radio. Hey, shots fired. Oh man, should I tell him I got shot? Nope. Uh, clear. How bad? You, how bad was me? he shot? I don't know. He got shot in the leg. He, he might have gotten. He, he might have gotten grazed such that it's bleeding, but it's like not a huge hole through his leg. I don't care. You get shot. Why can't you say? And I've been hit. How oh, hard I don't is know. that? I don't know. Well, they went to the quick mart to get it fixed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so it. So he shot. You didn't even know he shot through this door, right? Yeah, from behind the door. I didn't know how he was shooting, yeah. uh, but he shot out. Right, so you didn't even know it was coming from here. So it's Stephen, at this point, so you're called up. You just this think that you're handler. coming to look at a door that's been blocked in the firewall, right? Yeah, I, I didn't think anything uh, out, of, out of the ordinary at the time. It came from a higher floor and came down a different hallway uh, service elevator. And I walked out and I rounded the corner for the 100 hallway. And that's when I, you know, it was quiet at this time. and. The doors are set back, as you can see, in that about a foot. And Jesus was uh, towards the end of the hallway, but I didn't, I didn't know at that time. And I thought I saw someone, uh, like, pop out of the cubby. And I kept walking, and, you know, once I got more than halfway is when I saw Jesus, and I started to hear shooting. And I thought, at the time, I didn't know it was shooting. I thought it was a jackhammer. And, you know, as an engineer, I'm like, we're not, we're not working up here this late. Don't say drill, say jackhammer. Really? First of all, how uh, could you uh, jackhammer? When operating. 30, <laughs> 32nd floor. You're, what are you jackhammering? Getting the jackhammer, it's important to note <laughs> always keep the lift assist on the left hand side between the operator and the jackhammer. Instead, keep okay, the jack. Th- that's a much more realistic sound, and he's. I think he's correcting Ellen. Oh, no, no. Oh, Jesus, beside him. <laughs> hey, dummy. Jackhammer. Not a drill. Jackhammer. Hello. Late at night, we wouldn't be doing that. Right. And it was, I believe, outside. It wasn't in the hallway yet. And that's when Jesus, he, uh, he leaned out and he said, take cover, take cover, and yelled at me. And within milliseconds, if he didn't say that, I, I would have got hit. Within milliseconds? <laughs> 
he was walking. He wasn't even down there. Old Jesus jumped out and said, take cover, take cover. And milliseconds, he would have got hit. How? Where was he? No, no, no. He was on his cell phone, and he said, one second. Hold on. One I second. I been hit. Take cover. Hey, take cover. Okay, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah, I got shot. Yeah. So yeah. No, it's not too bad. So, so I should be okay. you would have been hit had he not told you. Yeah, it was. Bullcrap! There's no way that's true. How would he have gotten hit? Was the doorway facing down the hallway? I wasn't even fully in cover, and they were passing behind my head. That's absolute crap. Pressure. Of you could feel a pressure going past you, no. just even being out of the way. Yes. And were were like were guests coming out of the doorways? Uh, there was a female that uh, came out, and I told her to go back inside. Who? Where's she? Mm-hmm. Um, where's her interview? After, that's when Stephen was approaching, and I told him to stay back and get covered. Oh, he just called him by name. Was that guy's name Stephen Paddock? Yeah. Or is this the, is this the other guy called Stephen too? Or were like were guests coming out of the doorways? Uh, there was a female that no, they were coming out of the woodwork. Uh, came out <laughs> and I told her to go back inside. It wasn't safe. Uh. Um, shortly after, that's when Stephen was approaching, and I told him to stay back and get cover. Um, and that's when more rounds were dispersed. Right. Okay. You, uh, <clears throat> David, are military. Or, <laughs> you were military. Yeah. I guess once in. Yeah. <laughs> once a. The Marine Corps. Once a, once a, once a something, always a something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that how you talk? Or is that, is that how you talk after you've been told what to say? Listen to what he says about the, the rounds being discharged. I told her to go back inside. It wasn't safe. Mm-hmm. Right here. Um, shortly after. That's when Steven was approaching, and I told him to stay back and get cover, um, and that's when more rounds were dispersed. Do you say more rounds were dispersed, or is that because that's what you've been told to say? Well, if he's pre- if he's previous military, I don't know who know who knows if he was in, but in the military, yeah, you don't call them bullets, you call them rounds. But dispersed, Wait, like passing them out, I don't- scatters around. <laughs> Just, just dispersing. It could be dispersed yeah. amongst the crowd. Uh huh. Yep. Which but, they were. But I mean, this is like conditioned speak. This is not what someone would just say. Potentially. Right. So right. Yeah. However, <laughs> how, however, I I'd have to believe that they yeah that they had been briefed beforehand before they went on. Yeah. Two months later. This was well no, no. A month. I mean not two but this when, was weeks weeks later. Okay. So and and I mean, it really, he saved your life, and he saved the, also the woman that came out of the the door. We don't to, know to, this. We don't know this. Um, so she gonna give him a car. Hold that, Oprah. No, that's Oprah. And, and Stand up. You if you have something so under your seat, for you to tell the story and to talk about this. And I understand your reluctance because you just want this to be over. So yeah, you're talking it's about it now crap. and then you're not going to talk about it again. <laughs> She's what? telling everybody exactly. else. That's exactly what it is. Sorry, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, you're out of luck. CNN, Fox, <laughs> MSNBC, you're done. And I don't blame you because you, why relive this over and over again? To but get the truth and, out. And, yeah. Uh, you know, why Ellen? Well, the because the, she's not a journalist, no, but because she's owned by MGM. 
He's under mm. contract by them, and they own the Mandalay Bay. Mm. Well, that's that could be. And if they want to control the narrative, yeah. But it's helpful for people to understand what a hero you are, because you being shot in the leg saved so many people's lives. That's crap. Which proves that she's a shill. Yeah, I'm, and I'm sorry. How lo- how long after the the um, shooting was he there? You mean in the room to get shot? No. How long after he supposedly got shot was he at Ellen's thing? What's that, the, the Ellen interview? What's the date of the interview? I'm trying to find it here. <clears throat> When's the date of the interview? Yes. Huh? When? Uh, the Ellen Show published this video on October 18. So it would have been... 18 days. Yeah. R- rough. More than two weeks out. Okay. And this two and is all... Weeks. Oh, Jesus Campos supposedly went out of country in between that time. You get shot in the leg. You go to the secret... You don't go to this quickie care. <laughs> and then you drive from Vegas to... Me- drive, drive, drive. From Vegas to Mexico. <clears throat> and then back? Why? And then you then you go on Ellen of all places? And where's Ellen's show recorded at? Is that LA? Uh, I I'm sorry. I don't reg no, I'm not gonna say it. Never, nope, I'm not gonna say it. Um I Warner Brothers Studios, Burbank, California. So he went from well, that that's it. He went from Vegas to Mexico and then to Burbank. To record Alan. Now where is he at? Do we know? Is he dead? Are you sure he's he's Mexican? Maybe he's Filipino. Which would be another little <laughs> that weird would be twist. Another twist. Uh, hmm. Well, nobody knows because he's not telling his story again. He did it once, and he's not ever going to do it again. Lives, and instead of you just getting out of there, you saved Stephen's life, you saved that woman's life, and who knows how many other people. And uh, so we just wanted to celebrate you. That's why you're here today. Because we want to thank you for what you've done. Yes. Even after this happened, uh, instead of going to the hospital, you stayed to help the police and give them all the information they needed to piece these things together. And, he uh, and he also, gave what, he gave them all the information they needed. I just want to mention all, all the of it. <laughs> all of I it. Think so yeah, that's why he they, was the depository they... <laughs> of all the information <laughs> they needed. That's why they uh, kept changing the story because he wasn't there. <laughs> he was in Mexico. <laughs> They're <laughs> tightening the screws. Assisted <laughs> <laughs> that night, uh, whether it was Metro, the FBI. Uh, the community especially coming uh, together to help everyone. Stop thanking need. everybody. Uh, the first responders, um, even the people that got called in to assist in the hospitals, and just everything is puts pieces together on how everyone came together to help that night, even in the darkest hour. Yes, there were a lot of okay. people that, that showed up to help. I saw, I, I read one of the latest timelines. They said the shooting, it was 10 minutes from beginning to end. Of the shooting. Like actually shooting at people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were like 12 big bursts, about 900 rounds supposedly fired out at the people. Okay. In 10 minutes. I thought it was like 50 minutes that people were like periodically getting shot at. Do you know? No. Okay. No, I, I don't know... I thought it the was like thing, 50 minutes from beginning to the end. The whole thing is scandalous. Don't they say the police didn't get to his room for 72 minutes? Something forever, yeah. But according to their latest timeline, 
um, as they were busting into the room, he put a gun in his mouth and blew his head off. Yeah, but there were two gunshots. Mm-hmm. Did he miss the first time? <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and if you saw the picture, which he was flinched. out there for a minute, supposedly of him dead, um, the From gun... the waist down. Well, I saw one of his head. Which had a pistol was the judge. You know what that is? Mm-hmm. It's a pistol that shoots a four ten shotgun shell, mm-hmm. and that was up here, laying on the ground above his head. Let's think for a second. How much you don't put a gun in your mouth and shoot the top of your head off, and the gun ends up up here. Um, How would that work? I guess that is presumes that's the weapon he used. But why else would it be in the picture? Yeah. Uh, how did his head look? Well, it was a bunch of blood above it. I know, but was it like it was a, like split a, open? You couldn't tell. I couldn't see any of that. But theor- I mean, presumably, if there was some action in the, the inside of your mouth. Typically, part. if like if you blow off the top or the top and the back of your head, your face will kind of flatten out some because there isn't the head structure mm-hmm. holding it in place. <clears throat> I, I guess I don't know. And who knows if it's real? I mean, this guy mm. could be a total fake. Who knows? We haven't seen an actual picture of him with his eyes open. The yeah. one picture they've shown is him with his looking drunk with his eyes shut. Yeah. Hmm. I... <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess, you know, and then they claim, well, bump stock. He used a bump stock to make this happen. There's been a lot of uh, deconstruction on the, the YouTubes with just the audio of what the gun sounded like. Because, I mean, there was a fair amount of decent video sound supposedly wandering about the web right away that you could hear the gunshots, this automatic weapon. And it sounded just like an M60. Like the, the cadence, everything. That's not a bump stock. And they're claiming he had it was all bump stock. He had these 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 legal modifications which makes it a fu- act like a fully automatic weapon. I'm sorry, to shoot hundreds of feet down into a crowd with a bump stock and to make it sound that precise and to sound with the exact same cadence as an M60 seems fishy to me. That's basically the cadence of an M60. Mm-hmm. And that's what it sounded like. Mm. And, then, and, you know, you see these guys, they'll overlay audio, and the, it's insane. Just the, the, the wave pattern is. Mm. But it would be. But, of course, a, it's M60 not the is a 7.62, and the rifles he was using was 5.56, so it wouldn't have been an M60, most likely. Well, we okay, that's what they tell us. I think that would be hard to, you know, if, yeah, I don't know. Something is very fishy. fishy. Mm -hmm. But just because it's fishy doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't able to do all that sort of stuff. I, I mean, I'm skeptical of it. But you also have to stop and say, you know, strange things have happened, and it could be one of those strange things that happened that it 
happen exactly the way it seem seems to happen. You know, statistically, if you're, I don't know how you'd figure that one out statistically, but <clears throat> you'd have to at least open up the possibility that everything that they're saying is the truth and that all the the confusion and whatnot is just the fog of war and trying to come to conclusion on things. <clears throat> but I don't think, I personally, that's not the first place I'm going to go to, you know. So if you come into a room and there's a guy laying there, there's a lot of blood, and he's, his throat is slit and he has a razor in his hand, mm-hmm. you assume, well, he cut himself shaving. Or he was suicidal and cut his own throat. <laughs> but what if there's no place to plug in the razor? <laughs> uh, yeah, Ben. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, we haven't had this for a while. This is the David Allen Show. Back at you live here this November 18, 2016. Actually, from the bowels of the new bunker. DavidAllenShow.com. I think uh, there's a whole lot of people that still think that he's not my, he's not my president. Clearly, oh. yeah, uh, and and that nothing's changed. Uh, this <laughs> I ran across this across the Facebook. This Midwestern housewife, like a lot of white Americans, does not think the Negro should present history's bill to her. We hear so much about the slavery. 300 years ago, our grandfathers were slaves, or 200 years ago, our grandfathers were slaves. Well, for God's sake, did we have anything to do with that? I had no part in it. I had no slaves. My folks didn't. My grandparents didn't. Are they blaming us for what happened three years ago? Let's forget the past. Think of the future. Build up the future. And why keep hemming and hawing over the same thing over and over and over again? And they say, you must give me land because my grandfather was a slave. Well, then I would say, for God's sakes, find the man who had your grandfather as a slave and then demand the land from him. Don't bother me because I have no part of it. Across the country, we asked whites whether the main reason Negroes had not made more progress was because of racial discrimination or because Negroes have not worked hard enough. This lawyer expressed a view we heard most often. We find there is a reluctance upon the part of too many Negroes, particularly among the young, to take the hard and remunerative jobs that must be necessary to earn a living. There is a feeling that for some reason somebody owes them a living. Just about half of whites in our survey said the Negro has not made more progress because he has not worked hard enough. Only 15% blames discrimination. Some had no opinion. I feel that they're basically uh, lazy when this summer, for example, opportunity was given to them to better themselves in getting as many jobs as possible uh, in various uh, fields of retail, uh, wholesale, and they don't take the full advantage of accepting the responsibility of going out for these jobs. They feel that they're not good enough for them. About half of whites agreed with this woman, that Negroes tend to be lazy more than whites. 
And this woman mentioned another charge against Nick. Hang on a second. Let's go back slightly and listen to Is what she Is this in act- the 50s? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was the 50s. Then. Yeah. Okay. Well, 50 years ago, so 60s. Yeah, late 60s. Uh, listen to what she actually says and then what he says she says. Whites agreed with this woman. But Negroes tend to be... Sales, uh, retail, uh, wholesale, and... Hey, listen right here. They don't take the full advantage of accepting the responsibility of going out for these jobs. They feel that they're not good enough for them. She said that the Negroes, as they say, feel that they're not good enough for the jobs. Now listen to what he says she said. About half of whites agreed with this woman, that Negroes tend to be lazy more than whites. And this woman... (laughs) Wow. She said they don't feel like they're good enough for the job. Well, he said, oh, she says they're lazy. Wow. That's slanted. ...another charge against Negroes, that they have low morals. Their sex problem, let's face it now, um, how many white people have 10 illegitimate children? Very few. Very few. Uh, this is uh, this seems to be uh, a trend with them. Uh, and I, I often wondered, what happens to these here men who follow these children? Are they busy making babies elsewhere, or are they busy in the civil rights march yelling for the civil rights? And four out of ten whites in our survey agreed that Negroes more than whites have low moral standards. However, half or more of whites disagree with some of the views you have just heard. For example, they reject the idea that Negroes are more likely than whites to have low morals. But for the moment, we're concentrating on attitudes opposed to racial integration. Yeah, in Chicago, really low we percentage. talked to a group of whites who call themselves lower middle class. They are worried about Negroes moving into their neighborhood. And they are not responsible citizens. And so they live like we are. We don't want them. I don't want to live with me, to tell you the truth, whether they take care of it or not, I don't want to live with them, because they ran away from home. And if I wanted to live with them, I wouldn't be paying high taxes like I am, I would have stayed where I was. More than half of whites in our survey believe Negroes are more likely than whites to run down their own neighborhood. In the South, they throw the garbage out of the window and the pigs come and eat it. Here they throw the garbage out of the window and no pigs come and eat it. In general, are Negroes as civilized as whites? 43% of whites said no, Negroes are not as civilized. It's his image that he's building. They act like savages, like animals. They kill each other and rape. They run. There's a riot. Well, they wouldn't burn their own places. They had signs all over. Soul brother. Make no difference. They robbed, raped, London, wounded their own people. What about the way Negroes care for their children? About one quarter of whites say that Negroes are less likely than whites to take good care of their children. The colored woman does not take care of a child, does not help to educate this child. There's no problem about it. They're ADC. The more children they can have, the more money they get to go out and play the lottery. They get more money to go out and drink a little more gin. But to take care of their children, put a pair of shoes on them. This guy says go out and drink a little more gin with a bottle of beer in front of him at a bar. <laughs> I blame the mother for not educating her child when they're born, from the day they're born till the day they grow up. Lower intelligence. One out of four whites also believe Negro children are more likely to hold back the class. So, these stats are fascinating. One out of four. That's a quarter, at best. A quarter percent. Now, this wasn't a national survey. This was a survey. This is the BBC. This is a, a story from the BBC. That doesn't sound like a BBC reporter. <laughs> it's from, from the 60s, 70s? Yeah. Wow. When you were in school, your mother made sure you did your homework before you went out. A colored child, if mother and father don't care if they ever do their homework. And I feel that this is why the white child is so much more superior to the colored. And not because the colored child doesn't want to learn. It's because there's nobody behind him pushing him. 
Lower intelligence. About one white in seven agrees that Negroes have lower intelligence at birth. Okay, one in seven. What's that percentage? <laughs> A seventh? Than whites. We're not all That'd created like 14%. Equal. And as far as intelligence, uh, there is a little book called Breeding Down, and uh, it says in there where the, the colored is born with an IQ, not born, but it develops, to 80 plus. And I bet money this is the Democrat talking. Probably a Margaret Sanger feminist. Uh-huh. The white is 90 and up. About half of whites polled said they do not think most fellow whites want the Negro to have equality. They don't desire an education of our type. They have different music. They have a different way of dressing. They have different schools or different uh, churches. Their religion is different. Everything is different. Sympathetic to the Negro, 38% of whites said they do not think other whites are sympathetic to the problems of the Negro. I don't want to help them. I don't want to help them. And I don't want them to live next door to me for the simple reason that there might be a lot of nice ones, but I got four kids, and I don't want them growing up with colored next door to them. Because it's it's a proven fact. They grow up, they think nothing of uh, each other, they play together, pretty soon they're in their teens, they start dating, and pretty soon they're marrying. I don't want my kids marrying a colored person. We have just heard the views of Many whites who might be against a complete split between the races nonetheless have no desire to see the Negroes come closer than they are now. For example, about half the whites said they would object to housing for Negro families in present all-white neighborhoods. And four out of ten whites say they would object to busing Negro students to better schools. We found when it comes to ways for the Negro to protest for what he wants, most whites are against Negro picketing or boycotting. In fact, against anything other than holding a protest meeting. When Negroes riot in our ghettos, what is to blame? The causes mentioned most often by whites have to do with ghetto conditions. But on the other hand, great numbers of whites say it is largely because of a communist plot, or that it's mostly young kids looking for excitement, or that it's a way for Negroes to steal things and not get caught. More than a third of whites say that when a riot occurs, it would be a good idea for police to shoot one or two rioters as examples to the rest. Shoot to kill. If they're old enough to violate law, shoot them. If it's my own kid, I say shoot them. He deserves it. He should obey the law. If there's laws for us, there's laws for Negroes, let them start obeying them. They should be now, they didn't really care that that guy said, if it's my own kid, shoot him. Shot. That's the only way we can stop him. I, I can't see where the policeman has to stand there and uh, just hold his gun in his hand. For what? Uh, they're breaking the law, aren't they? To review, what can we conclude about the degrees of white opposition to equality and integration for... Who does this guy sound like to you? ...for the Negro. About kidding. half of the whites in our survey say they do not believe most whites want equality. About one-half of whites deny that discrimination is the main reason for holding back the Negro. About one-half of whites say they do not want Negro families moving into all-white neighborhoods. Nothing? What does he sound like? Who does he sound like? What about feelings of superiority to the Negro? About 14% of whites say that whites are born innately superior to Negroes, and about 43% of whites say the Negro is not as civilized as whites. What about attitudes that may reflect a degree of white hostility? About one-third of whites believe that one or two rioters, and rioters today, for the most part, means Negro, should be shot as an example to the rest, meaning immediate punishment without due process of law, contrary to American tradition. I think it's fascinating that he said, that by definition, rioter means Negro. Nowadays, rioter <laughs> means dumb college kid. 
it's kind of morphed a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> so who who do you, what do you think that guy sounds like? The the announcer. Like an a- actor or something you're talking about, or uh, a scene from a movie or something. Is he black or white? Uh, white. He sounds white. He's a black guy. Really? Yeah. Who I think it's a Obama total like cadence oh. stealer style. <clears throat> so this was 50 years ago. This posted by Occupy Democrats. That's their Facebook page. It's always fun to watch because uh, they go crazy every now and then. Uh, and the, the the title of it: White people's racist perceptions toward people of color have hardly changed in 50 years. Oh really? So, oh really? You're going to ask the average white person, and a third of them are going to say, <laughs> "Shoot one of the black people as an example to everybody else." Are you freaking kidding me? So in the new the New York Times opinion page from Sunday, can my children be friends with white people? It's like seven, oh, six it's days flipping ago. six days ago. Is this a, this is a black person saying? Yeah. Oh. My oldest son wrestling with a four-year-old's happy struggles is trying to clarify how many people can be his best friend. My best friends are you and Mama and my brother, and but even a child's joy is not immune to this ominous political period. This summer's images of violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, prompted an array of questions. Some people hate others because they are different. I offer lamely. A childish but distinct panic enters his voice, but I'm not different. It is impossible to convey the mixture of heartbreak and fear I, f- I feel for him. Donald Trump's election has made it clear that I will teach my boys the lessons generations old, one that I, for the most part, nearly escaped. I will teach them to be cautious. I will teach them suspicion. And I will teach them to distrust. Much sooner than I thought I would, I will have to discuss with my boys whether they can truly be friends with white people. Meaningful friendships is not just a feeling. It's not simply being able to share a beer. Real friendship is impossible without the ability to trust others, without knowing that your well-being is important to them. The desire to create, maintain, or wield power over others destroys the possibility of friendship. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s famous dream of black and white children holding hands was a dream precisely because he realized that in Alabama, conditions of dominance made real friendship between white and black people impossible. History has provided little reason for people of color to trust white people in this way, and these recent months have put in the starkest relief the contempt with which the country measures the value of racial minorities. America is transfixed on the opioid epidemic among white Americans who often get hooked after being overprescribed painkillers while studies show that doctors underprescribe pain medication for African Americans. But when black lives were struck by addiction, we cordoned off minority communities with the police and threw away an entire generation of black and Hispanic men. Likewise, despite centuries of exclusion and robust evidence of continuing racism, minority underemployment is often couched in the language of bad choices and personal responsibility. When systematic joblessness strikes swaths of white America, we get an entire presidential campaign centered on globalization impact, globalization's impact on the white working class. Even the nerve of some rich and visible African Americans to protest that America, in its laws and in its police, has rarely been just to all, has rarely been just to all, has been met with the howls of a president who cannot tolerate that the lucky and the uppity do not stay in their place. As against our gauzy national hopes, I will teach my boys to have profound doubts that friendship with white people is possible. 
When they ask, I will teach my sons that their beautiful hue is a fault line. Spare me platitudes of how we are all the same on the inside. I first have to keep my boy safe. And so I will teach them before the world shows them this particular brand of rending, violent, often fatal betrayal. Let me assure you that my heartbreak dwarfs my anger. I grew up in a, in a classic Midwestern college town. With all its American faults, it was a diverse and happy childhood kind of place, slightly dull in the way that parents wish for their children. If race showed in class lines, school, cliques, and being pulled over more often, our little Americana lacked the deep racial tension and mistrust that seems so hard to escape now. What's surprising is that I'm heartbroken at all. It is only for African Americans who grew up in such a place that watching Mr. Trump is so disorienting. For many weary minorities, the ridiculous thing was thinking friendship was possible in the first place. It hurts only if you believe friendship could bridge the racial gorge. Of course, the rise of this president has broken bonds on all sides. But for the people of color, the stakes are different. Imagining we can now be friends across this political line is asking us to ignore our safety and that our children to abandon personal regard and self-worth. Only white people can cordon off Mr. Trump's political meaning, ignore the unpleasantness from the position of safety. His election and the year that has followed have fixed the awful thought in my mind too familiar to black Americans. You can't trust these people. It is not Trump himself who has done this. Were it not for our reverence for money, Mr. Trump would be easily recognized as the simple-minded, vulgar, bigoted blowhard he is. It is certainly not the neo-Nazi marching on Charlottesville. We've seen their tie before. Rather, what has truly broken my heart are the ranks of Mr. Trump's many allies and apologists. Mr. Trump's supporters are practiced at purposeful blindness that, that his political life started with denying, without evidence, that Barack Obama is American. That this black man could truly be the legitimate president is simply ignored. So, too, is his history of housing discrimination, his casual conflation of Muslims with terrorists, his reducing Mexican-Americans to murderers and rapists. All along, his allies have watched racial pornography describing black America as pathological. Yet they deny that there is any malice whatsoever in his words and actions, and they dismiss any attempt to recognize the danger of his wide-ranging animus as political correctness. But the deepest rift is with the apologists, the, quote, good Trump voters, the white people who understand that Mr. Trump says unfortunate things that support him because they like what he says on jobs and taxes. They bristle at the accusation that they supported racism, insisting that they had to ignore Mr. Trump's ugliness, relying on everyday decency as a shield. They are befuddled at the, chi at the chill that now separates them from black people in their offices and social circles. They protest. Have they ever said anything racist? Don't they shovel the sidewalk of the new black neighbors? Surely, they say, politics, a single vote. The hypocrisy here is just... I can't, I don't know if I can take any more of this. We were listening to these people making broad generalizations about Negroes and they're lazy and all this other kind of stuff. And this hypocritical, brain-dead, indoctrinated idiot is doing the exact same thing. It makes me sick. Don't misunderstand. <clears throat> White Trump supporters and people of color can like one another. But real friendship? 
Mr. Trump's bruised ego invents outrageous claims of voter fraud, not caring that his rhetoric was built upon dogs and water hoses set on black children, and even today the relentless effort of to silence black voices. His macho talk about, quote, law and order does not keep communities safe and threatens that, that very bodies of the little boys I love. No amount of shoveled snow makes it all right, and too many imagine they can have it both ways. It is this desperation to reap the rewards of white power without being so much as indicted that James Baldwin recognized as America's criminal innocence. For African Americans, race has become a proxy not just for politics, but also for decency. White faces are swept together. Ominous anxiety behind every chance encounter at the airport or smiling white cashier. If they are not clearly allies, they will seem unsafe to me. Barack Obama's farewell address encouraged us to reach across partisan lines, but there is a difference between disagreeing over taxes and negotiating one's place in America. The bodies of your children, your humanity. Our racial wound has undone love and families, and ignoring the depths of the gash will not cause it to heal. We can still all pretend we are friends. If meaningful civic friendship is impossible, we can make do with the mere civility. Sharing drinks and watching the game. Indeed, even in Donald Trump's America. I have not No, you can't. I have not given up on being friends with all white people. My bi Obviously you have. My bi ethnic wife, most trusted friend, understands she is seen as a white woman, even though her brother and father are not. Among my dearest friends, the wedding party and children's godparents variety. Oh, so this is the variety. Well, I, I can't be racist. I have a black friend. Many are white. Now now, now it's flipped on its head. Uh-huh. But these are the friends who have marched in protest, rushed to airports to protest the president's travel ban. People who have shared Still the can't risks be friends required with by strength and decency. Can't trust, those, can't trust whitey. There is hope. No, in, there's not. Implicitly, without meaning Kill the Mr. white guy. Without meaning to, Mr. Trump asks us if this is the best we can do. It falls to us to do better. We cannot agree on our politics, but we can declare that we stand beside one another against cheap attack and devaluation. Whatever. That we live together and not simply beside one another. In the coming years, when my boys ask again their questions about who can be their best friend, I pray for a more hopeful answer. I bet you don't pray at all. Ikao N. Yanka is a professor at the Benjamin N. Cardoza School of Law at Yeshiva University. Yep. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a moron. Definitely a moron. I, I can't. I. Oh. So you can't have it both ways. Well, they try. They do try. I could take them seriously if they weren't so hypocritical. If they, if they weren't, if they were able to do some kind of self-assessment, you could listen to their arguments.
Apple's diversity chief is stepping down after only six months on the job. After causing an outcry by saying that being a minority or a woman are not the only criteria for diversity. Denise Young-Smith, who was named Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion in May, made controversial comments last month during a One Young World Summit in Bogota, Colombia. Quote, there can be 12 white, blue-eyed, blonde men in a room, and they're going to be diverse too because they're going to bring a different life experience and life perspective to the conversation. Diversity is the human experience, she said. I get a little bit frustrated when diversity or the term diversity is tagged to the people of color or the women or the LGBT. Her comments appeared to defend Apple's overwhelmingly white and male leadership at a time when the company's makeup is markedly uneven. The 20-year Apple veteran, who previously served as the company's head of worldwide human resources, later apologized for her remarks, saying the staff, telling the staff that they, quote, were not representative of how I think about diversity or how Apple sees it. For that, I'm sorry, she said in an email. More importantly, I want to assure you Apple's view and our dedication to diversity has not changed. Smith will leave the company at the end of the year. Taking over as VP of Inclusion and Diversity will be Christy Smith, who spent 17 years as the principal... As a man. <laughs> ...of Deloitte. Quote, We deeply believe that diversity drives innovation. An Apple spokesman. I mean, I mean, innovate, I mean, I mean, black, I mean, I mean, LGBT. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. That's we're, what I meant. We're thrilled to welcome an accomplished leader like Christy Smith to help us continue the progress we've made toward a more diverse workplace. I meant gay. I mean, I mean, I mean, I meant, I meant, I meant color. I meant LGBT. That's what I meant. Unlike her predecessor, Christy Smith will not report directly to CEO Tim Cook, but rather to human resources. Who's gay, chief, by the way? He's gay. Deidre He's gay. O'Brien. We love the gays. In 2017, only 3% of Apple's leadership were black, and women held just 23% of tech jobs, according to Fortune. Female leadership stood at 29%. Quote, meaningful change takes time, the company said in its diversity report. We're proud of our accomplishments, but we have much work to do. Much, much work to do. <sighs> and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the slow and certain suicide of a culture. <clears throat> this is the largest company in the world. Really, is what it is. <clears throat> this is the David Allen Show. From the Daily Wire, a shock video has come out with Demi Moore passionately <laughs> making out with a 15-year-old boy. She was then 19. But that's okay. Showbiz, everybody. 
Uh, just to run down your favorite, your favorite topic, David. Your favorite topic is the latest uh, news. <laughs> the Dolphins wave Ray Maluga after overnight arrests for battery. The Jaguars lose lineman Patrick Omameh and Jeremy Parnell. And they activate wide receiver Deidre Westbrook. Devontae Freeman uh, with a concussion is ruled out for the Seahawks matchup. The Ravens activate running back Danny Woodhead off the injured reserve list. And John Elway says the Broncos are not being competitive concerns me the most. I saw your lips moving, and I heard sounds coming out of your mouth, but I didn't quite understand anything that you just said. Uh, here is a look at some of uh, some of the things you need to know uh, as you bet for Week 11 in the NFL. Ready? The Detroit Lions are at negative three to 41 uh, at the Chicago Bears. The Bears are four and zero ATS with two outright wins as a home underdog this season. All four of those games have gone under the total. I mean, for, for your betting, your betting pleasure. Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Miami Dolphins. The Buccaneers are 0-4-1 in their past five road games. The Los Angeles Rams at the Minnesota Vikings, which hits almost right at home for you. The total uh, has gone over in all four of the Rams' road games this season. Uh, Jared Goff and the Rams have won outright in each of their two games as an underdog this season. As a rookie last year, Goff went 0-6 ATS as an underdog. Huh. Isn't that special? Well, thank you. Because who knew that betting on the NFL was important? <laughs> thank you for all oh, that man. useless information. Hey, you know what? It's going to make somebody rich. <clears throat> Jameis Winston <laughs> grabbed an Uber driver's crotch. Nice. No, really. Well, I mean, that's the allegation. Well, it's true then. He'd fire him. Who? Well, yes. No, literally. Who? Yes. <laughs> Jameis Winston. Famous Jameis Winston. No idea who you're I, talking he, about. I, I don't believe it. No, I, I literally don't know who you're talking about. Are we talking football here? I think it's football. <laughs> what? We who, think. It's who, fine. Who, who did he play for? Um, now he plays for the... Um, Young guy, old guy? Yeah, he's... Tampa Bay? Who? I I have no idea. Absolutely no recognition of that name. Yeah, he he got in a lot of trouble when he was playing for Florida State. One of the Florida schools. Some girl said he raped her. And they they decided, well, we don't have enough evidence. And now he's in the NFL and he... Raping people. He grabbed a, a female Uber driver's crotch. Maybe he, maybe she hit the brakes and he was like holding her back. Uh-huh. Or, sure. Or maybe there was like a scorpion in, his, in her lap and he was actually reaching over to try to save her life. So maybe he's a hero. I think that's what. Maybe we shouldn't judge so much. So uh, just because you were a rapist once doesn't mean you're always a rapist. That's true. NFL arrest. Sometimes it means you're also a hero. 
NFLarrest.com. Now, keep in mind, these NFL players are millionaires or really close. Uh-huh. It has been exactly zero days since the last arrest of an NFL employee. Well, for what? Anything? Battery. Oh. Well. Ray, yeah, whatever. And then seven days ago, Roy Miller, domestic battery. Uh, 54 days ago, the Rams' Ethan Westbrooks was pulled over by police in Bakersfield for speeding, at which point police found a gun that was not registered to him. Oh, maybe one of his homies left it in the car. <laughs> I think that's a safe assumption. You know, they asked uh, Mike Tyson one time who was the hardest person he'd ever hit, and he said his wife. <laughs> so it's not just football. That's terrible. Terrible, I say. I I know it is. <clears throat> really? Well, I think it is. I don't know about you, Alan. I think it's hard? <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Uh, we really never got into your, what's been going on for you, in you uh, in your world in the last, like, three months. How long has it been? Yeah, it's hush-hush. <laughs> doing some business for the government. Wow. You know. So traveling in the Middle East, killing people. I wondered about so, that. Yeah, I think it's the beard that threw me off. Yep, yep. That's right. And that headdress you're wearing. I <laughs> didn't recognize you at first. <laughs> la, 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 la. Snack bar. <laughs> 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 this is the David Allen Show. Um, any. Uh, <clears throat> From the Hill, the U.S. Navy officials have issued a statement admitting that one of its aircraft was used in the drawing of a penis in the skies over Washington State County. Whoops. Just a drawing or a drawing and quartering? I think the best part is I saw a picture. (laughs) I saw a doctored picture, I presume, (laughs) of of Al Franken fondling the... Oh, <laughs> in the sky? <laughs> the image in the sky. <laughs> oh, man. Headline, TED Talks reportedly plagued by a heartbreaking sexual harassment. Uh, this whole world's falling apart. No, it's not. It's just the curtains being pulled no, back. Th- that's what I'm saying. Their whole yeah. world's falling apart. Because it's... I mean, they're all Democrats. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Republicans are bad, too. But the bad guys are typically the... The, the most... It seems the, the most... Hypocritical. Um, there you go. Hypocritical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think will be the first professor to take a hit? No one that anyone cares about. I don't know. Hopefully Bert Ehrman. <laughs> Who? <laughs> the one of yours? Bert Ehrman. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a history professor, I think, in... North Carolina, anyways, he's a anti-Bible. He used to be an evangelical Christian, and he turned his back on it. Now all he does is write these books, which are opposite of what he actually believes, making it look like the Bible is just kind of put together by hearsay. <clears throat> Interesting. He has a grind or an axe to grind. So, I guess I'm just waiting for uh, Biden's shoe to drop. There's a lot of evidence of him, Pansy. like, fondling little girls. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. And women in the Senate. Not good. 
But he's got a book out, and he's phenomenal. People love him. Mm-hmm. Because he's such a nice guy. He's from the middle class. He's such mm-hmm. a good dad and father and grandpa. I think, I think the person that should run is uh, Nancy Pelosi. Run away? No, run for president. <laughs> Nancy Pelosi. They, she should be the next Democratic nominee for president. I would vote for her to become the nominee for president. Her? How about Maxine? No, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> Do tell. Why? <laughs> There's got to be some, some reason. Well, I mean, haven't you been following her in the news? Well, because she stumbles about and can't. Yeah, make it's a like book she's coming down with a wicked case of dementia or something. <laughs> I think uh, it would be another four years for Republicans. It's another one of those that doesn't really matter who well, you put who, in. I don't know who the Democrats have to even remotely. Nancy run. Pelosi, Al Franken. Yeah, Al Franken. He can be the <laughs> vice president. Hmm. Oh, that'd be great. So, okay. Prediction here. Yeah. Which side is going to elect the first female president? Uh, Democrats. You think so? Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters for most people. Oh, but for them, it, it's like a, a tenet of their faith? Yeah, I mean... Diversity. A, a Republican is most likely going to vote based upon what they believe and what, you know... Whereas a Democrat is probably more likely going to vote for a woman just because it's a woman. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Yeah, but they were mad that they didn't vote for Hillary because she was Hillary, a woman. Well, she was right? such an abominable woman. And, and there's no conclusive proof that she actually is a woman. So <laughs> there's right. that. She's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She doesn't sweat. Yep. Oh, well, this is the David Allen Show. Uh, as we get closer and closer to this bunker actually being finalized, we will be able to do uh, actually have a show on, an act, on a weekly basis again. How yeah. weird. Yeah. But we've been in such, uh, what's the word, flux? Yeah. Yep. Up in the air, limbo. Yep. With construction and yep. moving, and everyone's leaving mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we should have that nailed down um, sooner than later. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping. I mean, the fact that we're in here right now in a in a Band-Aid way. Well, somebody is scowling at me on the... We should get video. <laughs> we should, I know. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We'll have to do that. Anyway, this is the David Allen Show. Um, any last words from either of you two? Peanut, sorry, by the way, the peanut gallery was here. <laughs> Hi. You ever wonder why stay-at-home moms are always gone? No. <laughs> Yes, they are. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, what's his name? Tom Waits? You ever heard of him? Yeah. <laughs> you ever listen to him? Like his music? No, like his talking. Yeah. He's a loon. Yeah. But hilarious. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Tom Waits, everybody. <laughs> 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 That's the peanut gallery? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, I, I heard a, a humorous, dry joke that he said once. He said, you can't really retire if you're in the tire business. Because <laughs> then it just sounds like you're asking for more. <laughs> this is the David Allen Show. Uh, DavidAllenShow.com. We're on the iTunes. Uh, d- uh, d- 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 the David Allen Show. Yep. 
Uh, and I believe the Google Play Store still, if you are um, lucky, unlucky enough to have a non-Apple device, because we all know Apple's God. Okay. <clears throat> and don't forget about Taylor Swift. Any last words? Sorry, too late. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, it's been fun. We will do this again, hopefully sooner than later. All right. Stay tuned. S- see you later. Yeah, toodles. 